I was suddenly the social pariah. Like I had imploded this good girl image, this good girl life to others, what seemed like the perfect white picket fence life. And in the aftermath of that was when I really had to start doing that work to be like, well, who actually am I? What do I desire? What is self-love? Who am I when I'm not defining myself by others' views of me? And so that sparked my spiritual journey, which eventually led me on that journey you were talking about, where I was traveling and having all these wild and beautiful and opening experiences and eventually led me to feminine embodiment work and sacred sexuality. Welcome to The Wealthy and Well Woman, a podcast that celebrates choosing a life of overflow. If you're looking to grow your business, live on purpose and feel your best while doing it, then you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Kat Sanuski, the business coach for wellness leaders and visionary female entrepreneurs, founder of Be Well Events and international yoga teacher and trainer. My goal in this podcast is to help you curate your life by design and claim your dream business by giving you actionable tips and trainings that help you get out of your own way, step into your power and monetize your magic. I'll be bringing you a thought training or interview from experts that will help you break through your fears, take action and grow into those massive visions that you can't stop thinking about. I am so happy you're here. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. So happy you're here. Today we have a wonderful guest, Sophia LePage, who is a rebel queen and feminine embodiment and leadership coach. She has dedicated the past four years to helping women around the world release good girl guilt, recover from burnout, reclaim pleasure, revive their feminine radiance, and create sustainable success as they rise into the next level of their leadership. In her 30s, after burnout and a messy divorce, Sophia broke free from good girl programming, ignited her feminine magnetism, and began leading herself from a place of desire. She traveled with shamans, sat with gurus, studied the esoteric and tantric arts, and now lives in Bali with with her second husband and two cat babies. Sophia, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. How is Bali? It's so amazing that you're tuning in for Bali. And I know that you've been there for several years as well. Yeah, it's amazing being here. Actually, my husband's American. So we've been talking about possibly moving to the States, but oh, it's hard to leave this life, to be honest with you. (laughs) I imagine. I imagine. So did you guys meet before Bali? And I know this is like off topic, but, (laughs) or did you meet in Bali? We actually met here. So we arrived relatively, I think he arrived three months after I did. Uh, So we actually knew each other for a year before we started dating. And when we first met, I was kind of repelled, to be honest, like it wasn't a love at first sight kind of thing at all. But I just come out of a really messy relationship. And so I wasn't in that space where I was open to relationships. And I was also really suspicious of men. So I saw him come bouncing up and I just thought, oh, oh, get away from me. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but it worked out. <laughs> it worked out beautifully. And once we actually came together, uh, we were sort of friends first, and then it sh- the energy shifted. And 
the attraction started building and I was still really resistant to it. But once we finally went on that first date, I realized that a lot of my ideas about who he was were completely off Mm. and I totally misjudged him. And we've been together ever since our first date. We it's, and you know, we're married now and we have a beautiful, beautiful relationship. And I'm so happy that, that the universe kept throwing us together (laughs) until we actually got together. So, yeah, that's so beautiful. And, and kind of on that topic, actually, would you mind just letting us know kind of like your background and your story into I know I read a little bit of it in your bio um, and about having your divorce and going through this transition can you just let us know like who is Sophia LePage how did you get to where you are now sure yeah so I feel like I kind of came out of the womb hustling Um, from some of my earliest memories are of feeling this intense need to be perfect, to kind of smash it, to have my best be better than everyone else's best. So I had a lot of anxiety, super, super perfectionist, high achiever in, in grade school, no, elementary school, I think you call it. I always try and get the terms right. So in elementary school, my teachers were telling my parents that they were afraid I was going to burn out. And I took that as this kind of sign that I was doing it. I'm like, wow, like they think I'm working so hard that I'm going to burn out. This is amazing. Like I'm definitely smashing it. And I was also very disconnected from my feminine energy, hit puberty really young. So that started that that disconnection from my feminine, from my body. And so much of my identity was wrapped up in, in like my achievements, in how other people viewed me, in kind of like doing things for other people, doing things in order to be loved. So my, my sexuality was about, well, what do I need to do to please the man rather than what feels good for me or what my, what my pleasure is. So I didn't really consider myself in anything. My whole identity was wrapped up in who I was for everyone else around me. So by the time I was in my late thirties, sorry, late twenties, I was completely burnt out. And I was in this marriage that I started to feel like, wait a second, is this even what I want? You know, I've been with him for years from my early twenties and I was starting to question who, who am I? What do I want in life? Who, what's my identity outside of the roles that I play? What would it be like if I didn't care so much about what other people thought of me? And so I felt too scared to take any kind of action. So I just continued on in this life. And I feel that when we don't take action on what the deeper desires are, then life just does it for us. And so I felt like I was this kind of leaf blowing in the wind, swirling around, all these things were happening to me. And then all of a sudden, oh my God, I've kissed a guy. And then, oh, I just had an affair. And oh, now I'm in love with him. And it was like these series of events that I just felt were happening to me that I had no agency over, that I had no control over. And it was like, all of a sudden my, you know, I'd had an affair. I was getting a divorce. I was suddenly the social pariah. Like I had imploded this good girl image, this good girl life to others, what seemed like the perfect 
white picket fence life. And in the aftermath of that was when I really had to start doing that work to be like, well, who actually am I? What do I desire? What is self-love? Who am I when I'm not defining myself by others views of me and so that sparked my spiritual journey which eventually led me on that journey you were talking about where i was traveling and having all these wild and beautiful and opening experiences and eventually led me to feminine embodiment work and sacred sexuality and once i connected with that work that's when i was finally really able to heal from my burnout because i was still exhausted like in all the time all my travels and everything that i was doing i was so exhausted and because i was so exhausted still it was really hard for me to have a bigger vision for what my life was and i knew that there was a big deeper purpose for me but i didn't know what it was So once I connected with that work and started getting my energy, my vitality, my radiance back, started realizing what pleasure is, right? And embodying that, that's when I started to feel my vision opening up, my desire opening up. So eventually I ended up doing this work, but it was never ever my intention. It it was the following of the breadcrumbs, the following of the small yeses, that led to this big yes. So now I feel like my life is like a big yes. And I, and I feel really, really grateful to be here. I love all of that. And I think your story is one that so many women can relate to depending on, you know, where they, where they're at, but hitting this point of burnout, really trying to please everyone else. And, and thinking like when you were talking about the perfectionism and like that being a badge of honor of like, she's going to burn herself out. She's working so hard. She's sacrificing herself being like, Oh yeah, I'm doing great. I like, I can see so many women in, in my network. I can relate to that deeply of, I think that so many of us hit that. And then, um, where it's like that, that journey of trying to pick up the pieces. And I love that you really talked about too, like tapping into your desires and and something that I thought of, and I would love to hear uh, what you would recommend to our listeners who are maybe at this point where they're like, I really want to tap into what I desire, but how do you differentiate what you deeply desire and what you're like, really is a society desire of like, I want to hit this income goal, or I want to hit this, you know, I want this perfect man in my life, or, you know, how do you really tap deeper into what it is that you desire and more of the specifics around that? Like, do you have any advice for that process or or practices that you might be able to do for that? Yeah, I think, first of all, it's, I'd love that you talked about those two different versions of desire one this societally societal um, program desire and so one way that you can tell the difference is to get really curious about why you desire it mm-hmm. so if you're like oh i desire a partner na, 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 and you're like why do i desire this because i want somebody to love me because i want to be i want to feel full because i don't want to feel empty anymore because i don't want to be lonely then And the deeper desire underneath that is the desire to feel whole. That's where your focus should be on 
okay, well, what can I do for me so that I feel whole without needing any of these other pieces? Because then when you feel more of that wholeness within, then you can still call in that beautiful partnership, but it's not coming from a space of, I need this to complete me, which creates an unhealthy relationship dynamic. Mm. So I think even under these kind of more surface level desires, like I feel often for high achieving women, this desire to be, I've got to be the best of the best of the best. I've got to smash all these goals. I've got to da 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 Okay, so there's the desire behind that of like, I want people to validate me or I want, you know, I want the social status or I feel like this will make me feel worthy. Mm -hmm. But deeper than that is your soul's desire to transform, to grow, to elevate, to reach your highest expression in this lifetime, right? It's like the ambition of the soul is very different from the ambition of the of the small self so the ambition of the soul is to experience that spiritual evolution which isn't about smashing an income goal or like being better than everyone else it's about doing your best in an abundance of ways, right? In having a a rich and full and healthy life and beautiful financial abundance and a beautiful relationship and feeling juicy and alive. So I think we want to start digging into what's underneath those more surface level desires. And that will always lead us to what's really going on underneath. So good. It, It reminds me of this idea of like the five layers deep. I don't know if you've heard this. This is more like in in sales, like three layers or five layers deep. It's something I teach in in like getting deeper into people's desires for wanting to buy something. But it it reminds me of this so much. It's like, well, why do you want that? Okay. But why do you want that? And like continuing to ask why for five layers so that you can really get to the root of what it is, like what's behind that desire. Mm. Such a good practice. And you mentioned before sacred sexuality. Can you talk a little bit more about that? And I know that you said with your story, like um, tapping into that and doing work around that is really what opened up your ability to, to really see your desires and to get into more of this feminine embodiment and leadership work. So what is sacred sexuality and how, like, what is the process of like working on that, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. So sacred sexuality is, it's the bringing back of sex and spirit together. So religion has kind of divorced those two things. So it's like the whore and the Madonna, you know, you're, you're like either the slut or you're the the virgin Mm. and there's nothing in between. And, and it's like, sex is dirty. It's wrong. It's, it's, or it's just for procreation. And so there's a lot of shame um, around our sexuality. There's a lot of distortion. So sacred sexuality is the recognition that our sex and our sexual energy is sacred. um, Our sexual energy is our life force. It's our creative energy. It's, it connects us when we start to circulate this energy through our system. What happens is we start to feel centered within ourselves. Mm. So, and we start to feel our power coming out and we are kind of igniting this 
battery, this energy from within. So we become this self-sourced, self-fueled being. And this is where our radiance comes out and as women, our magnetism. So we're kind of supercharging our energy, our transmission. And then that is what others feel from us. And this is what starts to magnetize. So we can create in our businesses a lot more flow, a lot more ease. We can more easily kind of attract clients. We can develop a, a, you know, a really beautiful relationship with money. So it's kind of like this, yeah, the battery that powers everything. And when we're disconnected from that, we're disconnected from our passion, disconnected from energy, disconnected from vitality, disconnected from our vision, the grand vision of what we want for our lives. We tend to think smaller when we're disconnected from that energy. Mm. So it sort of opens us up. And that's why, you know, I said about how that really helped me actually heal through the burnout because when women are too sort of identified with masculine energy or their masculine energy is overdeveloped or their feminine which is usually their feminine energy is underdeveloped there's so much output happening right so much physical force and that's draining the life force and it's 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 sort of leading to that sense of dryness, that sense of dullness inside, that exhaustion that is burnout, feeling of being smaller, that when we can reconnect with that energy, we get to start to feel that juiciness again. Yes. I love what you said about, I I think that's so common with this kind of polarization and with religion. Like I personally grew up in a super, super Christian home. And this was like huge in that, like I am definitely relating to so much of what you're saying there. Um, So that being said for, for women that are noticing, well, first off, what would you say are some major signs of having overdeveloped masculine energy? and kind of like underdeveloped feminine energy, like burnout definitely would be one. Are there some other signs that people could really say, okay, that's me. This is maybe something I need to work on. Yeah. So some other things could be an fear of emotion or fear Mm. of showing vulnerability or the belief that showing your emotion is weak. It could be this kind of feeling of like, whatever's happening, like, I just need to get on with it. Like not being able to give yourself the grace to feel something, to have a moment of sadness. You're like, let me just put that down and keep on going. So it's that keep calm and carry on kind of idea. This is one. Uh, And another one is also feeling suspicious or struggling to have really close relationships with other women. So feeling Mm -hmm. jealous or feeling like, oh, women are competitive or, women are just going to try and take me down or like kind of like looking over the shoulder all the time. Um, so lack of sisterhood, that's another sign. Um, also dismissing your, your intuition. So dismissing the deeper feelings and thinking, oh, but I can't, it doesn't make logical sense. Therefore it can't be a thing or, oh, it doesn't matter that I feel this, like talking yourself out of your intuition. And I think a lot of, of us can remember a time time where something happened and later we're like, oh, I wish I'd, I knew that that wasn't right. I wish I listened 
to myself. That's that's a sign, right, of the underdeveloped feminine energy. And it comes back to that that fear space around, you know, in our society, we're taught feminine energy is something to be feared, right? The wild feminine. We're told that's unlovable. Mm. You know, we're told that good little quiet, compliant girls get loved and are safe and taken care of. So we have a lot of conditioning to unravel around safety in feeling that we can express our feminine, allowing ourselves a little more spaciousness to just drop in and like, what am I feeling and offer compassion to whatever that is, you know, to start to welcome those parts of ourselves back is how we start dismantling this fear and this mistrust. That's, that's exactly what I was going to ask. Actually, after that is what are some of your favorite ways to tap into this and to be able to start working through this? So it sounds like one of them is just to realize that those thoughts are coming up and to give yourself compassion around what's coming up. Do you have any other like favorite practices for tapping more into the feminine and allowing that to be more present? Yeah. So I feel that um, a huge part is just creating a little spaciousness because that go, 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 go kind of energy, the constant, like I'm checking things off my to-do list, like everything in my life is a to-do list is kind of that sort of masculine achievement energy, creating some spaciousness, creating, even if you can make three minutes of space in your day, in the first thing in the morning, just to like place your hands on your womb, like our wombs are such powerful portals of our intuition of our creativity of you know birthing desire and just tune in and be like "Hmm, how are you feeling like what's going on developing a relationship you know which might sound weird but if you actually speak to your womb she's gonna speak back to you another thing is yeah just like tuning in with your emotions just noticing them and rather than judging them just allowing them to be felt and then they will move through you know a lot of times we fear feeling the emotions i've had this many times with clients are like but if i feel my emotions there's going to be so much there i'm going to end up on the floor i'm not going to get any work done Mm -hmm. and it's like no actually that all that energy you're using to suppress is what's exhausting you and it's taking your energy when you actually release that block that you have there and you let yourself feel emotions when they're not um, forced really move very fast, right? It's energy. So it, it's, it can be, you can feel something and within a few minutes, if you truly allow yourself to feel it, that can have moved through. I love that. And and then something that's kind of like on the other side, because I think primarily women, it sounds like, and, and from what I've experienced are more in that high achieving, especially in, you know, the coaching world and in, uh, entrepreneurship and a lot of the women that enter this space are are more so the high achieving and the ones that are like, want to be the best, want to strive for more. And so bringing in more of this balance with the, the feminine embodiment side of things. But on the flip side of that, do you also see women that almost have an overdeveloped feminine and an underdeveloped masculine and get stuck in the kind of the dreamy and the not maybe not taking action or things like that and and what are some signs on the flip side on that yeah that that can totally happen 
And that's why balance is good. Mm. So on that side, what can happen is being so overly emotional, like everything feels like drama and, and it's like the constant processing of emotions. It's like, well, I can't do this or that because I don't feel, you know, like getting swept up in the, in the doubt, getting swept up Mm -hmm. in the, the imposter syndrome or whatever it is, or, or like, I need to be perfectly healed before I can do my purpose work. The lack of commitment right like oh i'm gonna do this thing but oh i just didn't feel like it in this moment so i'm just not gonna i'm not gonna do that so it it can uh, express as lack of follow-through lack of commitment lack of integrity to our word uh it can express as a sort of a swirling of things like a swirling of ideas that never get grounded into an action and this kind of like too much flow right where everything's it's only what feels good in the moment and that's all so i work with women around pleasure and helping them connect with that pleasure and that desire and letting them lead letting that lead them but that doesn't mean that you only do things that feel really juicy and yummy in the moment recognizing the deeper pleasure right the pleasure of doing your purpose work Mm. means also sometimes like honoring your word honoring your commitment showing up for things even when you might not feel like it in that moment i love that because uh i really do see both sides in in this work and i i do see i think especially where i work with a lot of women that are in wellness and that are in you know their own spiritual journeys too is I do sometimes see this where they get so stuck in the feminine that it's like, well, I just am not ready. I'm just going to hold back. And, you know, and it's like, well, yes and no, like, let's kind of work through that as well. On the flip side of that is like, do you have any recommendations for, for those women or like one thing that you really like, um, to do or one practice or mindset shift for maybe the woman who is stuck in that imposter syndrome or stuck in the kind of feeling of, well, it doesn't feel fully aligned or I need to process more. I need to do more work to then feel like I'm ready to, you know, show up for my clients. I think that it's important to recognize that if you feel like you have to be perfect in order to show up for everyone else, then you're also teaching others that they need to be perfect. And I think there's a very big difference between being a perfectionist or being fully healed or da, 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 and being out of integrity. You know, there can be times, right, where people are teaching something that they really have no business to be teaching because it's not embodied at all. So I think it's about recognizing where you are embodied in what you're teaching and also allowing yourself to be human, to have doubts, to feel nervous, to feel, you know, like, oh God, is it okay? Like, am I going to be able to do this? Because every time you're expanding into a new place, right? You're going into a new place. You're going outside of your comfort zone. You're going into something new. Of course, you're going to have doubts about that. You know, of course, if you're skipping all the way through and you never have a thing come up, then you are not, (laughs) you are not really growing. You know what I mean? Like it's part of growth, part of transformation. So it's being able to hold that and then just show up. And I think that there's 
for those women who are struggling to follow through, it's the opposite, right? Instead of taking three minutes to slow down, it's like take five minutes to, you know, every day at this time I'm doing this, like set mm. yourself a goal and stick to it until that becomes a practice that is, you know, innate in you. And then maybe you don't need to be so strict about it, but it's about developing that kind of follow through. So helpful. And and I love like really the both sides because there's so many people that fall into both like one or the other category. Um, so that's super helpful. Amazing, Sophia. So actually before our last question, something I have to ask you about is um, you traveled with shamans and, and gurus. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I'm just super fascinated. Was that in Bali or where was that? Yeah. So when, um, before I went traveling, I was living in London and I was working in an investment bank and I had started drinking ayahuasca, like going to ayahuasca ceremonies, which is a plant, a a plant medicine from the Amazon. And I initially went because I was had had a six week relationship that didn't work out and I was devastated and I just couldn't get over it three months later. So was, someone told me about Oscar, I'm like, me up, like this is gonna help me heal my heartbreak. And of course it opened up so much more, like I had no idea what I was stepping into. And about six months into that kind of experience, I'd gone back several times, I realized that I had to leave my life. Like I realized that what I was here, I wasn't living my purpose mm. and that my purpose wasn't in London. And that was really scary because I, I actually really liked a lot of things in my life. It was a very comfortable life. Uh, but I just knew like there were things that I needed to see, things that I needed to experience that I didn't have a language for at that time that I didn't have concept for, that were going to support me in that journey. So as I was traveling, I met this Colombian girl who had all these connections with shamans and in indigenous shamans in Colombia. So I went with her to Colombia and I stayed with these different tribes uh, in out of the way places. And one of those shamans ended up inviting us to go with him to Peru. So he was, he worked with a medicine that's called Wachuma or San Pedro, you may also know it as. And his teachers had told for you, you need to go north America with this medicine, but before you go north, you need to go south and you need to go and meet with all these shamans and drink medicine with them and do all these things with them. So he said, would you like to come? <laughs> and my friend and I were like, uh, yes. <laughs> so we ended up <laughs> like, I am not passing this up. Right. So I ended ended up traveling with him through Peru, going to all these like out of the way places. And we were having ceremonies every few days and then traveling to the next place. So some of the things that we, the places we had ceremonies, we had one that was in this ancient temple that you weren't even allowed to go inside in the daytime, but the, we bribed the guards so that we could go inside the temple at midnight and have a ceremony in there. And it was called the temple of the Jaguar. And as we were sitting in ceremony in this temple, we could hear the sound of Jaguars running over the top. And then we went to another place, which was this ancient burial ground and a sort of beach area in, in Peru where you could see the bones, right? It's ancient Mayan ruins. And we were having ceremonies there at 
in the middle of the night, I could see spirits walking around. Like it was wild. The things I saw, if there hadn't have been other people to corroborate that, like I was like, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Yeah, then I don't, but it was, it was such a magical time of just so much opening mm. to the realms that are always there, but that we don't always see. So it was kind of like this supercharged time, really mostly around my own self-love was mm. what it was. So it was a deeply healing part of the journey of reconnecting parts of myself that I had not been in maybe ever in contact with. Wow. What an incredible, I'm so happy I asked about that. <laughs> that is such an incredible experience that you went through. Um, and like one more side note, actually about, because you got it started all, with all of this with the ayahuasca, right? Mm -hmm. Have you done that several times, like more times since? Is that something that's like part of your kind of healing practice or is that something that you had just kind of tried and then moved on from type thing? Uh, yeah, I had like over a two year period, I sat ayahuasca many times and other medicines and the wachuma mm -hmm. also, but actually since 2017, I haven't really, I've not sat with ayahuasca again since, I haven't felt the call. Um, I've, I've sat with mushrooms, but mm -hmm. not nothing more, nothing more intense than that. Um, and I think, yeah, sometimes I wonder, I'm like, will I ever feel that call again? But I feel that a lot of the times with these sorts of medicines, they come in for a season, you know, they come mm -hmm. in to teach us something, to open us to something, but it's really important not to get reliant on them right. and to kind of like, feel like, oh, this is the only way that I can open or the only way that I can connect. Mm. Yeah. So I could ask you so many questions about that, but that's, I think for another podcast, <laughs> um, <laughs> but that is so incredible. So the last question that I love to ask all of the guests on the show are, what does it mean to you to be a wealthy and well woman? For me, that looks like having balance. So for me, being wealthy and well is abundance of all things. So that means having a, a flourishing marriage. It means feeling good inside of my body. It means doing the work that I'm here to do mm -hmm. in this world, having beautiful friendships and, you know, having lots of money and beautiful things. Yes. <laughs> So lovely. Thank you so much. Can you share with our listeners where they can find you anything exciting that you have coming up or where they can just tap in and learn more from you? Best place to go is my website, sophialapage.com. From there, you'll find links to all my social media handles. You will find the ways that you can work with me one-to-one -one or you can dip in with some self-study um, courses that I have. I have a beautiful practice called Rebel Queen Kudalini that is a feminine embodiment, juicy, sexy practice. And there's like lots of classes of that that you can buy. I also have a bunch of freebie offerings as well. So there's things at every kind of level to meet you where whatever stage you're at in your feminine embodiment journey. And I love to connect on social media. So follow me, understand 
underscore Lee underscore page, which is my Instagram and send me a DM and tell me that you listened and what really resonated for you. And, you know, I'm always open for any questions. So I love having a good chat in the DMs. Very approachable. Yes. I'll, I'll make sure to drop all those links in the show notes as well. Sophia, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was so lovely to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on today's episode of the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. I am so grateful that you listened in. If you loved what you heard and you feel called to share, please go leave me a review on iTunes so I can make sure to keep all this good stuff coming your way. Also share this episode with someone you think would absolutely love it. And I will be so grateful. That's how we spread the Wealthy and Well Woman mission together. If you aren't already following me on social media, come and join me by following at Kat Sanuski. I would love to connect with you there and I cannot wait to connect with you back here in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and shine as the wealthy and well woman you are.